on March 12th, I got the message from Linda that my former boss and longtime friend, John Snow, had passed away. Weeks earlier, I learned he was in hospice and I went to go see him. I had a good time talking to him and Linda. I was glad for the opportunity. I'm John Potts, and this is Pottscast. I was 16 the first time I met him. He owned a mowing service. He was also employed as a security guard at Alcan Aluminum Smelter. He was also a retired Kentucky State Trooper. Even though he owned a mowing service, my first job for him was washing his truck. I remember leaving my job at Palmer's gas station when my shift was done and driving that truck of his to the car wash across the street where I detailed that two-tone Chevy for every bit of three hours. I had her sparkling like a newly minted nickel. Three days later, his mowing crew had it looking like I hadn't touched it. I guess that was somewhat of an interview because not too long after that, I found myself working with my best friend Derek mowing yards for Jon Snow. John was a tall man, and the boots he wore made him even more so. Most work days, he sported a plain white t-shirt and blue jeans. The way he dangled a cigarette in the corner of his mouth as he talked, you halfway thought you were talking to the Marlboro Man, or at least a version of everything those ads promised you'd be. His neck and arms were bronzed from hours spent mowing during the day, while his nights were spent at Alcan as a guard. My first meetings with him were somewhat intimidating, but I grew to learn he was mostly bark, no bite. Although a couple years later, when I locked up a brand new mower, I caught a lot of barking. He stifled his words and forgave me. I did earn a new nickname that day, Lock em Up Pots. When I started mowing for John, I already had two jobs, but when you're 16, you want money more than you want sleep. My first work weeks that were well north of 40 hours were spent between the controls of those three-cylinder diesel-powered Woods zero-turn mowers John had. Since Derek had more time working for John than I did, he would show up at John's house early in the morning to sharpen the blades and get fuel for the day. By the time I showed up, John and Derek had everything locked and loaded. Through the years, we pulled that 25-foot trailer with several different trucks. We moved from John's half-ton, two-tone blue Chevy to a 1990-something black Ford with flames painted on the front clip, and then eventually to a late 70s or early 80s white Ford dually with a utility bed. John would cut Derek and me loose in the morning from him and Linda's home in Niagara to go as far as Evansville, Morgan Field, and all points in between. We mowed everything from quarter-acre residential lots to nursing homes, shopping centers, and factories. My favorite places to mow were alongside Highway 41 when the occasional carload of girls would drive by and honk at us. After work, Derek and I always loved grabbing some food and heading to the ballpark, reeking of sweat and fresh cut grass. All the other guys showed up there, clean and showered, cruising the town on mommy and daddy's dime, but we fared pretty well on our own. Two boys who had been buddies since before our voices deepened mowing from the time the first blades of grass dried up to sundown some days. John would occasionally track us down to check in and see how we were and if we needed anything. A task that today could be handled by a quick text message. But for the most part, he was confident enough in his hiring capabilities that he could trust us to get the job done. 
Derek played the part of lead guy well, keeping us on point schedule-wise and doing most of the driving. I was in charge of the radio as we drove between yards, a job I did well myself. In the days before Pandora and Spotify, you needed someone quick on the dial to avoid commercials on the FM airwaves. We were making memories and money hand over fist. Maybe that's why today I still enjoy a good road trip because it brings to mind those days Derek and I would pull a long haul from the mobile home retailer in Evansville to the Walmart in Morganfield. To this day, whenever I put a perfect trim edge on the grass by my sidewalk and driveway, I remember John teaching me that technique. I always step back and admire the straight line of those blades of grass and what Derek called the snow's lawn care edge. There was another lawn mowing service that was big back then and it was owned by the much admired high school ag teacher, Johnny Mathias, and a lot of our peers worked there. Forgive the pun, but there was always a friendly turf war. Their crew consisted of probably 20, whereas most days it was just Derek, sometimes Nathan, and myself. Derek called not too long ago to let me know John was in hospice. Over the years, I'd bumped into John. We'd catch up. It'd only take a couple of minutes. He would always tell me that after Derek and I graduated, he had to give up nearly all of his accounts because he could never find any boys as hardworking and trustworthy as Derek and I were. Even though John employed us, I know he cared for us while we worked for him. We were his boys, Derek, Nathan, and me. His wife Linda doted on us. His son Nick and daughter Ashley would always talk and cut up with us. It was like we were family. When I visited John in the hospital, Linda was there too. John was tired, so I spent a lot of time talking to Linda. I asked her about John's relationship with Jesus, and she reassured me that John had made the ever-important decision to trust Jesus as his Savior. I prayed with both of them before I left. Although outwardly John was different, I could see that familiarity in his eyes. I was so thankful for the time I got to spend together with him that day, and also the time we shared all those years ago. The night I left the funeral home was difficult. I thought about all the memories, all the miles, all the smiles. I would ask that you remember John's family and his friends in your prayers. And until next time be better today. Thanks for listening.